Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Climate Chronicles. I'm Pasha and I've built this platform as a way to share knowledge and backstories to some of the most innovative startup companies that I've come across. And today we're joined by Samuel Okusaga, who is the CEO of Life Mouth, Apprentice Talks and Scholarly Limited. Tune in to hear how he built one of the most positive media companies in all of London and how he talks about the alternative career path that he takes and the advice that he has for those looking to do the same. Hi Samuel, it's lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being with us today. How have you been? How has the new year been for you? It's been good, it's been a good, it's been a good start to the, to the year. It's been quite busy and thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Looking forward to the conversation. I think a lot of people really took the break like seriously <laughs> during Christmas. People have been speaking to you about like business and just getting in contact with everyone and saying hi yeah, they kind of forgot how to do their job. Yeah I think it's because we had like a, a four-day bank holiday weekend and everyone was completely relaxed, everyone switching everything off and getting back into it has been a bit more difficult this time around. Yeah how about you, how's your, how's your new year's been so far? Honestly it's been good, again I've been not doing much but I did feel a bit ill over the past couple of days. Everyone's feeling it, like literally everyone I've spoken to in the past week has either been ill or know someone who's been ill. Was it yeah. COVID? Is it, is, it, is, it the C, was it the C word? Yeah, I think it might have been the C word. You know what, thankfully it's not as, as bad as I thought and uh, apparently everyone in 30 Londoners has it, so it's, it's a bit of an interesting statistic. How was your New Year's resolutions? I mean, are you even a New Year's resolutions type of person or is it not something that you do? Uh, I wouldn't say resolution. I just say I just I do create like new goals. I know you reflect. Mm-hmm. I do I do like reflection around this period. Um, my, yeah, one of my one of my one of my new year resolutions. Not resolution. One of my goals this year is definitely to be more intentional with the way I with the way I spend my time. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think last year everyone had a, everyone had a moment and chance to be still. I think due to the fact that we're such drastic changes to our lives and we all spent a lot of times a lot of time at home mm-hmm. i think a lot of people had a chance to reflect on for probably for the first time in their life especially people a bit older about what what they actually do and what they enjoy you know because a lot of times things are going fast paced so i think um using yeah having reflected and, and having that moment to think and also be still i'm definitely re-looking and and, and trying to reconfirm what my what my purpose is reconfirm what what the things I, I'm working towards um, and yeah and just, and, just, and just maintain maintain positive habits. Yeah those do sound a lot better than those ones which are like oh I'm gonna spend every day in the gym seven hours a week that kind of thing. I think it was Gary Vee who said that 2020 uh, the word for 2020 is actually perspective and you know what that actually makes a lot of sense really I mean it gave us time to really slow things down uh, and it was kind of like a blessing in disguise because it made us re-evaluate what really mattered and you know those things like checking in with your family and friends making sure everyone is doing okay it put a lot more attention on mental health as well yeah and save money yeah exactly money and time I think I was about saving an hour and a half every day commuting and with sleep yeah don't get me started on that before i was like averaging six or seven hours a night now i'm getting those nine hours in yeah seven yeah hella hella sleep again 
I've, 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 yeah, I've never got as much sleep as I've <laughs> in about 21 years than last year. Yeah, so shall we get stuck into, into the questions now for the podcast? Uh, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing currently and the kind of ventures that you're working on, because you are working on a couple. So the main one that we're going to be speaking about today is your media company, which is Worth of Mouth. But I've heard that you also have done a podcast named Apprentice Talks and also a tuition company as well called Scholarly Limited. And it really does sound like they keep you busy. Yeah, probably for, for better or for worse, who knows. <laughs> Might be might be losing my head early, but um, I run with with different partners uh, at the moment, free free ventures. But the most prominent one that most people who know me know me for is my uh, media and youth empowerment platform called Worth of Mouth. So Worth of Mouth is a is a platform where we create and share positive content around underrepresented young people, and uh, we also provide opportunities, uh, career related and personal development opportunities. Uh, for for young people too, uh, we also have a, a business services side of the business called One Services, and that's kind of really growing right now as we speak. And that side of the business is where we essentially uh, help brands to authentically uh, connect, recruit, and market to diverse gendered audiences. And yeah, as I've said, probably yeah, since like summer last year. Even though we started this a few years ago, there are definitely a lot more uh, business coming in, a lot more, lot more, lot more eyes on, on that side of the business. Obviously, due to the Black Lives Matter movement and other movements that has, I guess, yeah, essentially forced businesses to, to to take it seriously. And then, yeah, I've been doing that since I was seventeen, <laughs> so close to five years. Wow. Um, I'll talk a bit more about yeah. Well, it wasn't always what it is now, you know what I mean? And I'm really happy I started it, you know, to an extent, because it allowed me to make a lot of mistakes, but with the safety net of me being young and not, not really, things not really, not, nothing being able to kind of de- de- create a detriment to my life. Mm-hmm. Or me, me, yeah, I'm having the safety net, yeah. And also being young allowed me to soak up a lot of things, you know, having a lot of energy, still have a lot of energy, but I was able to, yeah, I'm makes those are mistakes and, and still be at a stage where I'm young enough to still yeah to, to still be, be progressing forward. Uh the other platform yeah, the other businesses I've run is called Scholarly. Scholarly is a now online tuition agency and it's a pretty simple model. What we do is we hire university students to become to tutor and also mentor GCSE and A level students. Um, with the purpose of uh, being able to engage and and relate to the person who's teaching you, allows you to learn better, um, and um, also the ability for uh, young people, especially universities, to, to gain experience. I think uh, being able to teaching is a, is a is an important skill, and also gives you a lot of transferable skills which can help your career. So that's also the benefit to the tutors. If you can, you can tutor and also mentor younger people. Uh, and then the final, the final venture is a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast where we essentially uh, demystify and we educate and inform young people around the world of apprenticeships. It's called Apprentice Talks, uh, and we do that through uh, speaking with the individuals who are going through the schemes. Then, yeah, kind of getting it from first-hand people going through the schemes. 
um, in order to change negative stigma, especially negative stigmas, negative stigmas that are, that are around apprenticeships, mm-hmm. uh, especially having having gone through one. I know definitely there are a lot of benefits to them, and not people should yeah should look at them as a alternative option. Those are some amazing ventures that you're currently building at the moment. And the three main ones do seem to have a common theme, which is that of youth empowerment. And um, just speaking a bit about your background, uh, did you actually come from an apprenticeship yourself or did you do a uni degree? I did I did a, a bit of both. Um, I think I might, not have, I might not have been able to just get away with not going to university, but yeah. I did a scheme called a, called a degree apprenticeship, which um, literally gives you the best of both worlds. And at the time when I saw it, I definitely thought it was, it was something that was too good to be true. I kind of thought I was had to sell my soul at the end or something, or I'm going to be given away an arm and a leg. But essentially, I was able to do an apprenticeship scheme working at a company. Uh, corporate company and they were paying for my degree while I studied so I was, and I was balancing studying and working for the three years of my degree uh, pay me uh, uh, not a, like a near graduate salary and uh, yeah and I was able to to, to do that and I, and I finished graduated 2020 so I just went to one my degree and I got a distinction in my apprenticeship so thank you yeah congratulations on that because that's such a huge milestone to achieve especially in these times and was it marketing that you did your apprenticeship and degree and is that where your main interests lie so the apprenticeship was actually a management apprenticeship so it was a chartered management degree apprenticeship and the degree I was studying was business management and my apprenticeship was given was preparing me to become an, a manager in, in, a, in a corporate company um, and at the end of it you actually got chartered management status so so similar to chartered accountant status I also got that so yeah when I say like I'm a mess of apprenticeships like yo like no one can tell me different like yeah. best thing I've ever done best choice I've, I've really ever made um, but I would say um, um, the space I'm in uh, it's definitely within marketing space, uh, especially Gen Z marketing and youth marketing. Um, but um, I, I think I'm very much in the space of impact-driven, uh, working within intro, yeah, impact-driven uh, project ventures, impact-driven businesses, and just trying to learn about various different departments. I think I, I have a very, I have, I have a mindset of, I would like to be able to know as much as I can and take soak as much as I can. Um, I enjoy learning new things. I enjoy trying new things. Um, until obviously, I, and if I try them, I don't like them. At least I know I don't like it. Mm. But um, the space I am growing in is definitely been yeah, the I'll say the the partnerships, marketing space, uh, looking at looking at how to impact people uh, effectively using images, using words, using content. Which is why my business could work for mouth. I mean, looking at the value. And, and the impact and uh, the power of words, the power of your of of, of yeah of content, the power of your mouth, and no, take responsibility for positive positive impact. 
that is such a sustainable approach. I mean, a lot of people think that you have to have your entire career path planned out and they don't really understand how impactful the less traditional paths could be, such as apprenticeships. And it's really cool how you've managed to shed light on that with your podcast. Um, and I actually had a, a quick check over that and you're teaching a lot of people on how they can forge their career path by interviewing those who have tried the path before them and really showing what they can do and what steps that they can take rather than the traditional route. How did you actually hear of the apprenticeship opportunity, if you don't mind me asking, instead of taking the standard degree? Because I can remember when I was at sixth form, that kind of uh, whole idea wasn't really pushed on us. That was very heavily, heavily university orientated. Um, so much that the actual sixth form was, was created um, and in partnership with a private school and we mirrored their curriculum coming to school six days a week so yeah so saturday i was that's probably why i have, I have a mad work ethic because yeah. saturday morning 9 a.m i was on the bus to west Westminster in a suit <laughs> ready to go to yeah yeah it was it was see that was a crazy experience but completely different to how i grew up um in terms of the, the areas i grew up and 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 yeah the communities i grew up in so it was it was a it opened my eyes to a lot of new things like we used to have to, we used to have assemblies in Westminster Abbey, like um, which is the, the, the place where like roles get wedded. Like it was, yeah, crazy experience. But yeah, they were very orientated around Ross Group universities. They did, I'm lying, they did, they did not push any other opportunities to me. But I had a really great friend and, and kind of an older brother figure to me who had uh, gone down the gone down a different path and I saw how well was doing. He had he did an apprenticeship at the Bank of England. Yeah. And like I'll study economics. I knew I knew what a bank like obviously you know, you don't know bank even though you know what bank of England is yeah. like you still you can tell still it's a prestigious place to work at. Yeah. And he was doing he was an analyst there doing an apprenticeship as an analyst and he would invite me from I'll tell him he told me to come meet him and I'll invite me for meetings in the Bank of England and I'll be walking into the Bank of England, 17 year olds you know what I mean? Learning about this in economics and my A levels. I'm I'm getting I'm getting the most updated information from this guy. Like I'm coming into uni. I'm coming into sixth form with the most with the most recent Bank of England like reports, case studies. I'm like, what? What do you mean the inflation? No, man, they changed they changed it yesterday. I already know they changed it. Here's the, here's the information. <laughs> but um, and that just showed me a different one. Like he was he was he was a bit older. He was like around 22, 23. But you know, like. He was doing well for himself. He had his own place already, had his own car, you know, like he was earning a good income. And I just think like, like, like if he can do it, you know what I mean? And look how, look, look how quickly he got to where he is. Obviously, I know the university is important for certain career paths, but I think experience is always important, you know what I mean? Especially with like, if you're going to go into like business and into corporate, into the corporate world. So I just knew from there, like, I need to explore this other avenue because I have someone who, is a role model to me and I can see how well they're doing and you know and they're doing well for themselves. So me and my and one of my yeah, one of my best mates who went to the sixth one with me and we've been friends since primary school, went to, went to the same institution each time. Mm. He was really like he was he was always a kind of like out of our research kind of person and I'll always find more information. So yeah, he found out about this apprenticeship scheme. And what's mad is he told me about it. We both applied. Um and I got it, and he and he didn't get to that. He didn't get it, and he's and I think it's because we're friends. Like he went on then, and these friends are now our business partners. So the, the friend I'm talking about now, he runs Scholarly with me, my tutoring company. 
and my other friend, who lead, he runs Worth of Mouth with me. Mm. Um, they also they both do degree apprenticeships, so we all kind of like had similar mindsets from the beginning. Yeah, and they're all and all in different companies and benefiting it. So it was just through having the right people around me, to be honest. Yeah, and that is probably one of the biggest make or break factors, which is seeing role models doing what you want to do and looking at people who have tread the path before you and mimicking something like that to achieve the same results. And that's it's fantastic how you had the opportunity to do that and see that firsthand. So how long has Worth of Mouth actually been around for and how did it all begin? I don't even think I asked you what was your specific why behind it. My specific why was um, came from actually a tragedy that happened. Um, I grew up in, in South East London, uh, around Kennington and like Woolworth Elephant Castle, and uh, around 2016, 2017. So going towards the first year, sixth form, there was quite a prominent increase in like youth violence and knife crime. I lost one of my one of one of, one of my friends. One he. He was unfortunately stabbed and, and he died. And I was really deeply upset because that kind of story went kind of went, I won't say viral, but it was quite a big news and, and it was on papers, front page papers and stuff, what happened to him. And it made me think like, why have I only ever seen someone who looks like me on the front cover of a paper when it's something negative, when it's either they've died due to knife crime or they're sharing, they, they want to share a negative, a negative perspective on the situation. And it made me really ponder on like the importance and, 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 how, and how the lack of positive representation that young black and other minority ethnic individuals had in the media, especially when there were other young people who had to grow up and overcome and, and also deal with these the same challenges, but they were consciously trying to do positive things. And well, they might have been doing negative things, but they want to change their life around the positive things. And I don't I didn't think many people are giving them a platform mm. um, to, 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 to do to do that, especially those who may not be the stereotypical going down the stereotypical career paths for that person ethnicity, such as for music or sports like they, they were they want to do something different i was quite good at english i was quite i, I used to enjoy like writing i was in top set for like english and and, and maths and stuff so i just yeah i i said i went into creating a website and i kind of created my own news site as i started off so that's a blog as a blog like news site and i was just interviewing my the local people my community that i saw who were up and coming you know there weren't super famous they had a name they might have had a little following on instagram you know um because they were popular in the area but no one really knew their journey their story what why they were doing what they do where they came from and i wanted to capture that for, for three reasons so so people can know more so people can know about them so people could could find out more learn from them and but also people could as because i knew and i feel, and i believed in, in the people in my community i believed these people would become successful one day what they're doing people could yeah could could find out about their where they where they came from and find out what they were doing to and the, and the things they were they were uh, the habits they were building uh the things they were they were executing to allow them to get to their to where they are 
so people could other people could learn from their stories and journeys. I just wanted to change the narrative, man. I was sick and tired of it, man, because that's, that's all I saw on the news or on, or on the TV most of the time when it was someone that looked like me. It was yeah, it's all sort of negative. So I wanted to yeah, just simply put yeah, create a counteractive positive spin on things. It's really inspiring to see how you managed to harness such a tragedy in your life and moulded that experience into such a positive platform, which is worth the mouth. And, and it's almost like that was part of your friend's legacy. And again, it's, it is all about changing the media narrative behind the youth in, in, in the UK and, and in London in particular. So yeah, like that's one of the biggest takeaways from that. You've mentioned a bit before on, on having the eye on what makes content viral and the skill of picking things out, which would gain traction with a Gen Z audience. Do you think that virality is really important in a business in itself? And do you kind of have a formula as to creating viral content for a media platform? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, is virality important in a business? It has to be done with with balance. I think. I think. I think. And also, I think it needs to be done with substance. I think if a business's main model and strategy is to just be viral and 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 that's and that's how they want to become successful by just doing things that make them viral yeah. that have no substance, that's going to be a, a short-lived, short-lived business platform because mm-hmm. things go viral all the time and then. And, and and we we have we live in a world that's so fast paced that yeah you have your moment but then you people forget about you the next day because something else would have gone viral so it's a very it's it's a lot of hard work it's definitely not the most the smartest way to work I'd say but I think if you build the foundations of your platform I guess you you go viral with impact instead of just going viral with people talking about talk, people just talking about because you might be paying an influencer this or that you know or you might be paying all the influencers in the world to pay to promote you at the same time i think if you go viral with impacts in terms of this company's done xyz this company has grown xyz and go viral with, with, with what you're the moves you're making then just giving people to talk about you because they, to promote you for no substance i think that might become that might be more a more sustainable way to move uh, with us um, again, we use impact as a way to measure how we want our stories to, how well we want our stories to go. And we also think about timing as well. A good criteria we use is um, a set of questions when we ask ourselves about, about stories. So one set of questions when it comes, especially comes to social media content, um, we ask three questions. We ask, uh, firstly, is it, is it inspiring? And inspiring links to, links to emotion. So does it make people feel something? I think when, when content makes people feel something, whether it's anger, laughter, um, sadness, people want to share emotions. Emotions make people want to share that emotion, that feeling with someone else. So that helps, your, that, that, creates, that, that creates organic variety because people are un, want to share what you're, what you're posting. Uh, secondly, insightfulness. So how you, are you educating? Are you giving? information generally people can learn something new you know what are you teaching what value are you adding is it impactful the impact then links to the you know are you essentially will someone think about this piece of content the, the day after tomorrow you know would it, will it make them want to change something about the way they operate 
Mm-hmm. You know, will, it, will it make them take action on 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 something? Um, and I, and I think that's a really great formula for organically going viral. Mm-hmm. When it comes to our articles, when we when we look at people to write about and to feature, we think about two sides of two sides of the same coin. We think have this person have they have they achieved like how 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 wide and how how uh, large is their positive impact or the impact they've created from whatever they're doing so looking at yeah it could be it could be the superficial not superficial but it could be the gentleman like maybe someone's a business entrepreneur they their business has reached a certain amount or they've made a certain amount of money something that's not common for someone's age or we look at the other side of the coin have they overcome a really massive challenge obstacle because even though they might not the achievement in terms of like the progress they've made in terms of like for if the business, let's say the progress they made, they might not they might not be the rich, the most wealthy business. If they had to overcome really large and and massive obstacles to get to where they are, it's still a very inspiring story, mm. an impactful story because people can relate to overcoming challenges and and they want to learn how to overcome challenges because people might be in that situation themselves. So that's the two sides of the same coins that we look at when it comes to trying to create uh, yeah, really, really good stories and share good stories. Yeah, that's really important to ensure that impact is at the core of what you do and your posts are not just being made for the sake of views and sometimes you can really tell what's genuine and what's not and if people are creating things for the sake of it just to get those likes and subscribes, that kind of thing. I've recently seen that you featured in a TEDx talk yourself and that's a huge, a huge thing. So biggest congratulations on that. And um, I believe that the title of the talk was The Advantage of Being Disadvantaged. Um, can you share a bit more about your experience with that? And what was the inspiration behind the title? And what were you actually trying to convey to the audience? Yeah, definitely. Hopefully when this comes out, the actual video will be out on the TEDx channel. But yeah, my title was called The Advantages of Being Disadvantaged. And I'm honest, man. Um, if I, if, I, if, I have a, if, I, if I have a proud moment in my life, and um, I have quite a few, I'll definitely be adding me delivering that talk as one of them because when I start, when I when I found out I was I had been accepted, well even because I've always had the goal. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. I didn't know when, but I've always had the goal that I wanted to give a TED talk. I just wanted to, I wanted to have that experience to, to be able to provide one, and also did a chance to say thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> But when when the opportunity came, if I'm honest, at the very beginning, like I had, I was I was quite I had a lot of doubt because I sort of I'm right I'm quite when I see opportunities I do like to go for opportunities. For this one, I was quite I, I was doubting myself a little bit because in terms of the other speakers on the on the on the that were also on the day of the event, in terms of age in terms of experience in terms of where they are in their career they were a lot more advanced than me i was like the, i was the youngest there on the day um by quite quite a bit and yeah i i, I, at the, I began i didn't really know well, what can i really what can i really talk about you know and what can i really teach because i'm telling sort of about big ideas and, and and spreading good ideas but i just said you know what i'll talk about what i know best and that's myself and my journey and and, and my story and I would say my journey hasn't been definitely I've not been the smoothest and it's maybe probably made me an old soul a little bit due to the things I've had to go through. 
but then I realized that these experiences because of my mindset and my ability to change the way I see situations and and change and change my perspective on things I've able been, I've actually been able to make my uniqueness to my advantage and I've, able, I've actually been able to develop skills and transferable skills which have actually allowed me to maneuver more successfully through the corporate and entrepreneurial world before I even entered that world like and I wanted to share that with, with, with I wanted to share that because I felt like it would give other young people who were who, who grew up in similar communities who grew up in less privileged communities like mine and low-income communities having to overcome a lot more than you know than than someone a bit more privileged than them having to grow up a bit more quicker for them to feel more confident in that journey that you know you might not have an easy upbringing but if you change the way you see, you, you see things you will realize that you know you, you've actually been able to develop a lot more traits characteristics and skills that you can transfer into things that you do that can transfer into your career transfer into your business and help you become more successful through it so the tool is kind of to give people more confidence in themselves be proud of where they come from and their uniqueness and, and, and yeah, a bit, a, bit, a bit of tips on how to change that, your perspective of the situation to see the positives. And what was the actual application process for that like? How would you even know that you're qualified to apply? The opportunity actually came up um, uh, within the institution I was studying at for my apprenticeship. Someone in the institution mm -hmm had successfully, yeah, they successfully got a TEDx license to run their own event. It was in the heart of COVID, so they, they, they even had a challenge themselves on how to deliver an event like that. Um, and when they did that, they, they shared it with the, with the rest of the students in, in the institution. And I just, but the thing is they opened up, they opened it up to people, speakers outside as well. It wasn't, like, it was, it wasn't, just, it wasn't exclusive to the, to the students and staff there. And our students who applied, I was the only successful student who applied. Who, who got, who got, who, yeah, who, who had got everyone else that spoke on the day was actually external from the institution. After they, they picked a, like a, the first cohort, the next, the next cohort was a, was a voting scheme where they had, where people, you gave a little summary of the talk, I think the top 10 most voted then got through to the actual delivered talk. So, yeah. so yeah, so, yeah, so that's how they, they whittled it down because I think they got loads of applications. I knew that I was successful in like Mar March, was it March? Wow, that's so long ago. It was, I think it was March, it was it March? It was April, it was around that time. And, and I knew, it, but then the event was in October. So if I'm correct, you were actually doing your dissertation alongside your TED talk, as well as running worth of mouth. I mean, it seems like you've got your hand, you know, well and truly placed in the realm of organisation. Um, just, just so that we know, how do you actually balance your time, and do you have any advice to those who are trying to juggle multiple things at the same time? Three words that would help you is team, leverage, and automated. I think trying to get yourself involved in multiple things at once, of course, it's, an, it's, an, it's amazing, but you have to be very realistic. And I think as I grew older. I had a lot of passion, a lot of energy, which allowed me to, I mean, to, to continue to put my energy into things, but I lacked a lot of direction and I lacked, and I was, I was running fast, but not running quite far. I was running quite, I was running, my legs were moving fast, but I wasn't moving forward that much. 
I've been quite slowly due to a lot of mistakes of making lack of direction strategy. But definitely wild advice is um, when it comes to trying to balance things, definitely you have to see your time and be very calculated with your time and be very essentially able to, 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 to plan and prioritise effectively. It's not about trying to do everything because you'll just burn out. So, and also using tools to work. So people who, who get hands in other things have to be the most smartest workers. Like, like, like smart working has to live, you have to live and breathe working smart because it's not possible to sustain a level to do everything at once at the same time. Mm. Like Google calendars, Trello, like, like I'm an intricate planner and some people find it weird, but <laughs> <laughs> like, like my calendar it's not just my it's not it's not a calendar for work it's a calendar for my life like yeah. I, I i i schedule time in to to like get dressed i want to know what i'm going to do before i do it like 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 i want to know this is what i'm going to do next then after that i'm going to do this and after i'm going to do this because that's that's what then allows you to um stay uh stay focus and stay on point because yeah time your time becomes very valuable um so that and that that's that's what the ultimate part comes up because if you start to remove a lot of small decisions you start to save a lot of time and allows you to focus on balancing and, and, and working on the multiple things little things little things even like such as deciding what you're going to wear the day before you, the day comes you know yeah. des- deciding decide like deciding <clears throat> what you're going to eat the day before the day comes <laughs> like like little decisions that you that you don't realize you make but, but take up your time and your, your your creative capacity things like that and then looking at leverage and i think leverage is probably the most the most important word i've learned in the past two to three years and leverage is all about your ability to utilize and create synergies between things where one move you make can benefit more, to, more than one thing. So basically getting a massive return on investment of your, getting a really, really great return on investment from the energy and work you put in. I think about ways where I can work on a project or vet or, 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 or on a, on a, yeah, on a project or, or scheme, which can benefit all my business at the same time. I try to find through lines between them because it means if I'm working on this project, it means more than one thing is being benefited from it. Yeah. A good example is like events. Like, yeah, like I try to work on events which, uh, or, or create events or, or yeah, which uh, can be, um, which can benefit multiple, my, more my businesses because I find a, a way to tie them in. Yeah, um, yeah because then, then essentially make it allows you to, to, to always be um, getting a massive return on investment. And then the third one is, is team. And I think, if you ever want to be someone of high impact, you have to really, 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 really learn and be intentional on how to create good and authentic relationships. I think that's been the thing that's really helped me to get where I am today. My being able to be authentic relationships I have with people, knowing not knowing that I don't need knowing that I don't want knowing and being vocal that I'm not just relationship to to take but I want it to be mutually beneficial for individuals and thinking more firstly about what value can I add then what value can I take from a, from a person because if it wasn't for the team I have within 
with my partners that I have within all of the ventures who believe in the in the mission of the business. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be able to do all of any. Yeah, these the ventures wouldn't be able to work at all because I would be so swarmed, and I wouldn't even I don't even know what did what the day or time was because I'd be so I'll be working every day of the week <laughs> for every second of the week. So yeah, hope that was not too confusing. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the points that you actually made is what some successful entrepreneurs actually do for you. Um, and I think you mentioned it was a streamlining decision making, which funnily enough, Steve Jobs said was the reason why he always wears back is so that it takes up that energy. It, I mean, it doesn't take up that energy for when he's trying to make the uh, decision to get dressed every day. And apparently it was unnecessarily, unnecessary brain power, basically. Uh, number two, I think it was entrepreneurship, which was streamlining your ventures. And in that way, if you were to carry a decision for one venture to try and see if there's a knockoff effect on the rest of them. And it was number three, I, I believe, was the importance of your team uh, and how that can affect the day-to-day -day running of things and in an in turn, how efficiently you run a business. So speaking of team, how big is your team and are you currently hiring at the moment? You said that so much more than I did, thank you. So I'll focus on Worthmouth because that's probably where the biggest team is. So Worthmouth essentially internally, the way the word the business is split is like two, two main departments. So we have the Worthmouth community side, which is Essentially, what we've been talking about the most, which is about the creating the con creating positive content, sharing positive stories, um, and we also and that's, and that's essentially is to help build a community of like-minded young people who are from you know less privileged communities but are highly ambitious, highly talented, and um, helping them to reach that next stage of of their career could be from opportunities or could be from advice or just genuine motivation, inspiration. And then we have the worth of mouth services side of the business, which is essentially us giving brands access to this community and helping them authentically engage this community uh, through different services that we provide them, which they which which they which they pay for. Mm -hmm. Team split into those two sides. On on the on the on the side of the community side, we have a lot of people who are like freelance content creators. So a lot of our team uh, are, are bloggers and, and writers, and they write articles. We also have um, individuals who we also have someone who's, who works on the social media side. So, our social media is quite important to us, mm -hmm. and it's, it's been a way we build our community. And then we also have an events team where that's where we we essentially could be sponsored by companies that we work with, or internally. But we create events to essentially continue that engagement of our community. And with one well, from our services side. The team set up of um, it's quite a small, quite a small mobile team, but I, I like it. We really like it that way. Quite fast paced, but essentially uh, individuals who lead each of the services. So we have three services we provide to companies. We provide uh, Gen Z research services. So that's the ability to we help companies to uh, gather and 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 gain unbiased insights and opinions from diverse. Gen Z communities for focus groups, internship, focus groups, interviews, and server distribution. And we also provide companies with a service of virtual events. So essentially helping the company wants to get a set of young people into a room or into a space and they want to promote an opportunity to them, promote or just get some more positive brand awareness. We can 
deliver that. And then we also provide companies with social media marketing and uh, outreach work. So that's just us using our platform to spread spread a message to to help a company with their messaging, so they can yeah better connect and and yeah and and seem and not seem superficial not seem performative when they're talking about, especially, especially around diversity, yeah. around, you know, around, around improving diversity is, is yeah, it's quite, it's quite important not to sound superficial or, or performative. Yeah. And they're the team, the team staff of people lead that. And then we have people in the team who we contract, who work as project by project based. And we have a project, yeah, who, who work with us on, on those projects. What we are doing is we are trying to grow our community. The worth of mouth mem- community and slash members offering so this is essentially an opt-in offering. It's not it's not a paid membership. It's an opt-in membership where if you join our community in terms of uh, our database, we can provide you with extra value. So we our free offering at the moment is our social media content, our, our content on our website, but we also want to provide a bit more exclusive stuff. So individuals who who really want to really want to engage and interact with us. So look out for that on our page where we'll be basically showing you how to, how to join that community because you get access to like, uh, first you get, you get access to like, uh, first to hear about some career opportunities that we have. You'll be the, you have access, first access to tickets to our events that we do. Mm-hmm. You will we'll, we'll be doing exclusive competitions and also exclusive content as well. So yeah, and it's all free, but you just have to, have to opt in and, and, and engage with us and keep interactive great i'll link that in the description bar below and they will, the people who sign up will definitely be amongst the first to hear about any new opportunities that worth map has for them uh, very similar to the one that you've just advertised which is the leadership mentoring program that you had in collaboration with tesco which sounds really exciting and apparently you've actually just sat down with the ceo of tesco which was jason tarry and how is that because it's not every day that you can bend the ear of the leader of the one of the biggest conglomerates in the uk and the world actually interesting enough um he was at Jason Terry's actually been my mentor for like over a year now so this program was something i was fortunate enough to get accepted in the year before and now I'm I'm helping I'm working with the company who organized the program and Tesco to push it now to more people because they're kind of using me as a case study of how successful it's been and how the impact it can give. But um the first time we met and the first conversation we met it was yeah I was I was pretty nervous because you know that's a probably yeah very high high level business leader you know quite yeah, you know, someone who runs the biggest, <laughs> CEO of the biggest retailer in the country. You know, everyone knows what Tesco is. Everyone's engaged with Tesco. But, you no, know, the company, even companies like that, they, they, they know they need to improve on their diversity in terms of the corporate side of the business. Like, so they, they, they have diversity in their shop floor and people who work on the shops. But those who actually make decisions, like, you know, in, in the corporate offices, they needed to improve that. And it was just, it made me, from the conversation, it made me really motivated and it made me really value the insights and experiences I have and made me really be be confident that I as much as I can learn from people I can also for my for my insights and experiences I can also share and share learnings as well with people at at all levels of of businesses Mm -hmm. from a CEO and 
it was really nice to see like even at someone at that level there were still things that we can that we found in common you know i mean i'm a young black boy man from southeast london and he was close to someone who's in, in his late 50s born in in a village in kent and <laughs> uh, white, I'm white. Like you would think there was like, and it's very, it's, and it's so cool because when, when we when we walk, like when we used to go out for, like before lockdown, would go out for food and drinks. People would like see, look at us, and and they would feel so like they would they would, they would be like, what the hell? Like what, what's going on here? Like they'd be so confused because you know, you know, it's not something you would see on a normal day. Because yeah. I, I was still dressed like myself. I was still wear my tracksuit, so. <laughs> or like I'll dress down in my jeans, and he would obviously dress the way he dressed, and it was just yeah, it's cool, and it was nice, man, because by just being myself, I was like, you know, I, it made me really know that I, I don't need to be anyone else. Being myself and you being yourself is is enough, and and if you just stay authentic, because I think as people get to high successes, they find it hard to find people who who truly are authentic to them and don't want to be around them for their own personal gain and yeah. their own personal motivations and I, I i i consciously just said you know what i'm just gonna i'm not i'm i'm not an oxford graduate you know what i mean i'm not from a posh family i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna change myself at all for, for anyone i'm just gonna intentionally just speak the way i normally speak be who i am and just and just show that you know what i mean i'm just willing to learn i'm just, I'm just, I'm just ambitious i just want to become I want to, yeah, I want to grow and, and learn. And that's what allowed us to connect because he also did that, but was willing to learn about my experiences and I was willing to learn about his experiences. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. I mean, it really does feel like you were breaking down those stereotypes because it's not every day that you can say that you've got a lot of common with the CEO of Tesco and, you know, you don't have to necessarily walk and talk like him or be from the same area as him. You just need to have that same entrepreneurial spark, which was really, really cool to see. I think we've finally gone through all of the podcast questions that we had today, um, apart from one final one. Now, I don't know if you've seen the other podcasts, but there's one question that I always end up putting in there for my guests, which is, if you had a dinner party and you could invite any three dinner guests, um, dead or alive, dead or alive, actually, you know what, for the sake of this show and to keep time in and your decision-making process a lot quicker, should we just say, if you had any three guests who are currently alive today to invite to your dinner party, who would they be and why? I've got one in mind already. I think about other people. Right. Number one, 100%, 100%, Barack Obama, 100%. Because that, that man there, yeah, is, is probably the most inspiring person to, in my, to me. Knowing the, hist knowing the history of America, Known the history of, 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 of black people in America, like what he achieved, I think is nothing short of just giving a, a whole race hope. And I didn't, I've never seen so many adults cry. And I, I still remember the day he got like, he got went and like, even my mom cried. Like, and I think at that age, I didn't really understand the impact of what that meant. But yeah, man, just it was just a beautiful moment to, to show the progress. And I hope to, to see, you know, a black or other or Asian prime minister as well in this in this country, I think that'll be that'll be incredible to see as well. But yeah, definitely back well. I just want I just want I just want to talk to him about how he felt knowing that so many people 
like, yeah, like, yeah, just that that feeling of the impact and the importance of him being like him just being in that position. How did he feel? Did he feel pressure? Like, like to know like a whole race of people around the whole world were looking at him as someone, as as as, as an individual to give them give them hope for the future. Like, and yeah, how did he feel going against and being the first to become to do something? You know what I mean? Being the first to do something, I think it's always it's, it's incredible. Um, second person I'd like to speak to is um, even his name is called quite even Spill. I think it's called Spill. Even Spill. I thought it's not how you say his name properly, but he's basically he was the founder and CEO of Snapchat. I wanted to know how he was able to develop and believe in himself to enter a space which was already so established by other dominant social media platforms and how he didn't... I think a lot of people, you know, some can be intimidated, you know what I mean? Instagram was really big, Twitter was really big, this was really big, you know? These were massive platforms that everyone was using and, <laughs> and you know, someone having the ability to, to... I just wanted to know that journey and I think it would, be, it would be really good to know how do you enter a space established and, and, but, still, and but, but still be able to get to the top amongst all the other those who tried and failed? How, what did, yeah, how did, and that can be transferred to any industry. Yeah, and the third one can be your mum, so she can come and meet all of those amazing guests at your dinner party. Yeah, my mum my would love that, yeah. She'll be guest, yeah, bring them on. I think that concludes all of our questions today. Thank you again for coming on the show, Samuel. You've provided such a big insight to those who have listened in today. And yeah, where can people find you and hear more about Worth of Mouth and your other opportunities that you have there? First of all, thank you for having me on this. This was a very great conversation. Definitely got me, got my brain ticking in the morning. And I hope I've, yeah, hope I've been able to add a little bit of value to the listeners and, and to your platform. If you want to find me uh, at CEO Sam, so CEO Sam underscore on Instagram and Twitter, um, and for my platform uh, at Worth of Mouth, so Worth as in the value, so the the Worth, so Worth of Mouth underscore again, same thing on Instagram and all other platforms. Um, and yeah, if you go and if you follow me on social media, you're able to see the ads to my other platforms as well, just Scholarly and, and Apprentice Talks. I'll, they're tagged in my bio, so you can find them there. Amazing, amazing. Well, best of luck with the platform and looking forward to seeing what you do next. Very much, Fasha. Thank you.